Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am um, not with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. I know some of you are wondering if he's well and how things are going, but I am actually in Virginia for the Patriot Network Summit. JC will be joining me in New York, and Colton too, will be joining me in New York on Tuesday. Remember I told you we have a lot of classes uh, over the next 10 days in New York, and I'm really, really excited about those classes. We will be uh, teaching in a number of different venues, being hosted by a number of different groups. So please go to chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, and click on the calendar, and then you can see all of our events by date. You'll find the times, the details, the locations in the subjects that will be taught. That way, if you want to hear JC and not Chris Ann, you can go to JC's event, If you, but you will have to choose sometimes. Sorry, that's just the way it works. I'm really hoping that some of our New Yorkers from all over the state will come. I know it's not the most convenient place to drive from one place to another, but we're excited about being in New York again. We are always excited about being in New York. Uh, New York Patriots are amazing people. I am in Dugspur, Virginia. Yes, Dugspur with the Patriot Network Summit. And uh, gonna be and, and I'm at the Kanawha Valley Arena Resort where I will be teaching today and excited to be bringing this information to you in uh, for the, the Patriot Network Summit. Now, I, I, I thought maybe we'd, we'd do something a little bit different today. Uh, you know, we are all about history here. And we're here about uh, uh, teaching the truth in history when... Everybody else is got, you know, let's just say it, let's just say it. Can we just say it? Lies. Lies, distortions, mistruths, has-truths, omissions, whatever you want to call them, uh, orchestrated for a lie. Now, some people are are simply taken advantage of because they don't realize that they're teaching lies. I know JC and I have talked about this before, but uh, we, ha- we have teachers, I believe, um, for the majority of American teachers, have a, a real honest desire to, to do what's right for our students, to bring truth to America and wisdom to our young people. But the truth is we have been teaching the wrong things for so long 
that it's very, very difficult to discern the truth from the mistruths, lies, and omissions, and and deceptions that we have today. The I I you know my husband always gives me a hard time because I feed I'd feed Twitter to- trolls. Because sometimes it's hard for me to determine whether somebody is really a troll, at least in the beginning. They usually, they usually show themselves pretty, pretty quickly. But it's, it's difficult to tell if someone is actually a troll in the beginning or just simply educated in error. And so I like, I, I, that's the teacher in me. I like to reach out to those people and say, hey, do you, do you realize what you just said? Do you realize what your statements imply? Do you realize that if what you're saying is actually true, then these are the consequences of those statements that that you have to accept. And so I'm really excited uh, to bring a little history lesson to you today. And it sort of lays the, the groundwork for what we've been talking about this, this whole week, right? So we've been talking about uh, the NSA, we've been talking about overgrown government, we've been talking about federal powers not delegated. I mean, really, any given week, that's what we're talking about, right? Because that's what we do here. And I want to start by just simply laying out a history here that our vetted textbooks, and I'm talking K through 12, I'm talking secondary education, I'm talking PhD level instruction that is simply false narrative. What's what's interesting is if you're watching us on YouTube, you just now you are now looking at a picture of Barack Obama giving a speech. He's standing there like this. Woo! I'm a, I'm a dude, right? <laughs> he was so proud of himself. And yeah, I'm sure he's still proud of himself. But anyway, this what Barack Obama is saying in this speech that he gave uh, regarding national security. Let's see, it says, um, uh, let's see, where, where is this? Oh, yeah. All right, so in a speech delivered regarding national security agency de- co- data collection programs, Obama gave a really twisted distortion of American history. Now, what's interesting is, is I got to quote Barack Obama on this because it's actually transcribed, right? It made the news back in the day. But I'm telling you, this is what your professors and your teachers are teaching in the classroom as well. And this is what a lot of conservative or let's just say independent people in America actually believe. So you have, you have, uh, I don't know, two thirds of America, maybe you got the independents and the liberals and a good portion of those who classify themselves as conservatives all believe these errors because we've been teaching errors for such a long time. And this is what Barack Obama said. He said, at the dawn of our republic, quoting Barack Obama, at the dawn of our republic, a small secret surveillance committee born out of the Sons of Liberty was established in Boston and a group's members included Paul Revere. At night, they would patrol the streets, reporting any signs that the British were preparing raids against America's early patriots. Throughout American history, intelligence has helped secure our country and our freedom. 
I want you to catch the analogy that he's trying to make. He's trying to make, or should I say Barack Obama's speechwriter, is trying to make the analogy that the Sons of Liberty, spying on the British troops and British government, is the exact same thing as the National Security Agency spying on you. That's what he's saying. He's in a speech talking about the NSA's mass surveillance programs saying, what you so, so upset about? All you quote-unquote patriots. This, this is what your founders did. We're not doing anything different from what your founders did. So don't get mad at me because we're engaging in mass data collection. Your Sons of Liberty did the same thing. Now, how many of you are having that, that sort of facepalm uh, moment and uh, forehead to the table and, and the sort of cock your head, dog look at something very questionable? You know, what? <laughs> it's hard to believe. It is hard to believe that a speechwriter could so shamelessly make such an analogy. Is it deception? Well, I don't know. Given the progressive education the majority of our citizens have had for the last 150 years, perhaps this speechwriter actually believes what he writes to be true. But this is the stuff that has been manipulating the minds of Americans for decades. So let's set, let's set the record straight. Can we do that? Because the, the episode that we just did on the, the uh, uh, TSA, we're going to talk about NSA today. How about we just do some background, right? Here we go. The Revolutionary War, okay, because that's what we're talking about, the Sons of Liberty spying on the British. The Revolutionary War was not a war between the British and the Americans. Let me just say that because somebody's going to be like, what? The Revolutionary War was not a battle between the British and Americans. The Revolutionary War was a battle between British colonists and their own government. Yes, we had declared ourselves free on July 2nd, 1776. But you realize that our revolution technically began way before that. Our resistance and the Sons of Liberty. The Sons of Liberty were birthed out of the Committees of Correspondence and the first Committee of Correspondence was formed in 1764. Okay? 1764, 12 years before the Declaration of Independence, we're already in revolution. We're, we're building the, the resistance. I hate that word revolution. We didn't revolt against anything. It was the British government that had revolted against 
the laws, the, the rule of law, the, 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 the principles of conduct uh, had, had, was operating contrary to their written constitutions. And so it wasn't really a revolution. It was a demand for restoration of the guaranteed rights of Englishmen. So when you read what those who lived this wrote, they quite often referred to them still as Englishmen, themselves as Englishmen. So the quote-unquote Revolutionary War was not a battle between the British and the Americans. It was a battle for restoration of British subjects against a government that was violating their rights. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. We are laying some historical background. We are debunking <laughs> the vetted textbooks today to help establish the background for what we've been teaching last week and what we'll be teaching in the second part of this, of this, I would say, class. I mean, that's what we are a teach show. We're not a talk show. And Barack Obama and our vetted textbooks and our professors and our pundits and our politicians always tried to draw some kind of analogy between the founding fathers and what our government is doing today. In this specific clip from Barack Obama, which is in your textbooks, by the way, uh, the analogy is, well, the Sons of Liberty spying on the British government is the same thing as the NSA spying on its people. I know, you, you really have to go to college to get that stupid. So remember, point number one, the... Revolutionary War was not a battle between Americans and the British. It was a battle between British colonists and their British government. Number two, the Sons of Liberty were birthed by colonists who were fed up with the government's intrusion upon their privacy, property, and the denial of their rights. So... The Sons of Liberty were not the government spying on the people. The Sons of Liberty were the people fed up with the government violating their rights to privacy and property and everything else. So it all began in 1761 with a guy named James Otis Jr., those of you who have listened to me teach, you know that James Otis Jr. is my second favorite founding, uh, founder of America. My first favorite founder of America is a woman, woman, woo, where did that come from? <laughs> a woman named Mercy Otis Warren, which, strangely enough, is James Otis Jr.'s sister. I guess they had a good set of parents. Well, actually, <laughs> there's a funny story behind that. Um, but anyway, uh, Otis was an attorney who was a an attorney for the government who brought a lawsuit against 
the government for its blatant violations of the colonists' rights to privacy and security of property from warrantless searches and seizures. Otis blew the cover off the British tool called writs of assistance, which were really just handwritten warrants. It was arbitrary. It was a law that authorized tax collectors, customs agents, British troops to arbitrarily search and seize the private citizens and businesses uh, in the American colonies to look for seditionists and violators of the laws. Uh, they were, let's see, they were arbitrary because there was no check and balance. It was absolute arbitrary power in the hands of the agent unlimited power knocking on your door writing up the handwritten warrant right there i'm gonna now search and seize and you can say nothing about this now otis had been in charge of the execution of these warrantless searches and the prosecution that arose from the seizures and the allegations of illegal activity from these agents and he began to realize just how tyrannical these writs really were. He called them the worst instruments of arbitrary power, the most destructive of English liberty ever found in an English law book. And when Otis was approached by some colonists who were the victims of this arbitrary power, he decided to resign his post and take up a legal battle to secure the liberty of these Englishmen, of all Englishmen. He began publishing works and and preaching on the streets, as it were, and, and condemning, publicly condemning what the government was doing. Nobody else was doing this. Otis was the first in 1760 and 1761. Now, in this case, the English colonists had a long-established right to the security of property and the right to due process. And Otis wanted to be there to educate and defend those rights. Now, in this particular case, Otis is going to argue for five solid hours fighting the abuse of authority exercised by these government agents authorized by Parliament and the king itself. Now, he lost the legal fight in the courtroom. But as a result, he birthed the spirit of independence in the hearts of our American patriots. As arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry around You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. We're giving a little history background on um, debunking the, the lies that our textbooks are telling, our pundits, all of these law professors, everybody's telling. So we're going to be debunking this so that you can have a firm foundation upon which you can make your defense of liberty. And remember, we're talking about James Otis Jr. in the courtroom and how he lost that day. But even though he lost that day, he birthed independence in the hearts of the American patriots. Listen to this quote by John Adams, 
who wrote about that day in court because John Adams was there in that courtroom that day and he wrote about it 40 years later. He said, but Otis was a flame of fire. With a promptitude of classical illusions, a depth of research, a rapid summary of historical events and dates, a profusion of legal authorities, and a prophetic glare of his eyes into the future, and a rapid torrent of impetuous eloquence, he hurried away all before him. American independence. Now, this is February 1761. He says, American independence was then and there born. The seeds of patriots and heroes to defend the vigorous youth were then and there sown. Every man of an immense crowded audience appeared to me to go away as I did, ready to take up arms against writs of assistance. Then and there was the first scene of the first act of the opposition to the arbitrary claims of Great Britain. Then and there the child of independence was born. Adams concluded his thought and said in 15 years, namely in 1776, that child grew up to manhood and declared himself free. You see, Adams wasn't the only one in that courtroom in that day. Samuel Adams was there as well, as many uh, and many of the other men who would become the founders of our constitutional republic. Samuel Adams and Dr. Warren and James Otis left that courtroom so supercharged that they formed the committees of correspondence that would birth the Sons of Liberty. Now, the purpose of the committees of correspondence is quite like the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Samuel Adams said um, that it was to reinvigor the truth in the minds of the people against the, the, the government's manipulation of that truth, distortion of that truth. Government-controlled media propaganda was not invented by CNN. So now we know that the Sons of Liberty were not a government surveillance program. They were the exact opposite. The Sons of Liberty were protesting against the government's violation of their rights. And if you want to know more about this history, then uh, I would like for you to go to chrisannhall.com. There's an article I put up that has this stuff on there. There are quotes in there. There's links in there. Uh, it's called um, the, uh, oh, I put the wrong one up there. It's called, I got it right here. Let me see. Uh, Government Revision of History Debunked. There it is. You'll see that picture. If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll see that picture right there. Uh, and the article is called Government Revision of History Debunked. And if you're listening to this uh, in the same time frame that I'm recording this, then it should be one of the first articles on the website. But if you're listening to this later, because many many of you do listen much, much later, then uh, you can just simply look for that article, uh, Government Revision of History Debunked. And you can find that, again, at chrisannhall.com. So you see this history is why I got so upset in our last episode about the TSA's violation of our rights and their threats and intimidation in writing to the American people. This history, this American history makes those statements by the TSA, makes the existence of the TSA offensive, or at least should be offensive, to every American. And so I, I want to I wanna 
take a few seconds now to talk about this this headline that's going around about the NSA recommends dropping controversial mass surveillance programs. We have Brian Fung reporting on Twitter. He says, quote, This is big. The NSA is recommending the White House abandon the controversial Section 215 phone metadata surveillance program that the national security officials once defended as critical against against anti a critical anti-terrorism tool. I I don't I don't mean to I don't mean to burst Brian Fung's bubble. Uh, but this is this is not big. This is not a big deal. Can I just you know, when I first saw the headline, it sort of made me wonder uh, what's going on behind the scenes here. Government doesn't give up power. No 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 no, they're not giving up power. They're not going to stop collecting. No, by the words of the NSA and the FBI themselves, that since Snowden revealed about these mass data surveillance, okay, this is what they're saying, the once secret program known as Stellar Wind, which was revealed by NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden and has has been seen as not viable for some time now, is now seen as something that provides limited intelligence to the U.S., according to the Wall Street Journal. Now, this is, this is interesting because the spokesperson for the NSA says, the, this issue is part of a deliberative intelligence community process, and the administration will ultimately make a final decision. Congress will have a say as well. The law regulating the program expires in December. The law regulating the program expires in December. Now, after Snowden's disclosure... Congress passed the USA Freedom Act in 2015, which required the spy agency, which required the NSA, this is Fox News, called them the spy agency, which is very interesting anyway, which required the NSA to replace its bulk metadata collection program with something much smaller that would allow phone companies to retain call records. So what does that mean? Well, Fox reports, one former senior intelligence official told the Wall Street Journal, quote, the candle is not worth the flame. Yeah, and I never heard that either. But basically what it means is that the program, as it's running now, does not meet the cost-benefit analysis. So what that means is the way the program is originally written is technologically outdated, regulatorily constrained, and probably first and foremost, the people know too much about it, right? And they also say terror, well, in in line with the people know too much about it because 
he says, terrorists have largely abandoned using cell phones and landlines for communication, opting instead for encrypted apps and social media platforms, a separate intelligence source familiar with the topic told Fox News. So, senior legislative counsel for the ACLU says, at this point, ending the call detail record authority is low-hanging fruit and far from enough. Unless Congress enacts broader reforms, the government will continue to have the power to collect countless sensitive records of Americans without a warrant under Section 215 and other surveillance powers. Congress must fully reform these authorities to prevent large-scale collection of information and unfair targeting of journalist minorities and vulnerable communities. And how about targeting of people like me, who are on the Southern Poverty Law Center's list of anti-government extremist groups. Now, I put that ACLU quote in there for you because you need to realize that what Brian Fung here has said is not true, okay? The NSA is not recommending to the White House that they abandon Section 215, the whole section. They're saying we don't need the, the phone metadata surveillance program anymore. We have now better backdoors and other ways, more technologically savvy, more efficiently operating ways to take the people's stuff without a warrant. And as long as the FISA courts, which interestingly enough are unconstitutional of themselves, stop issuing unconstitutional, how do you even call what the, what the FISA courts issue as warrants? I... I, I I can't even call them warrants. A warrant is specifically defined in the Fourth Amendment as something based upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, particularly describing the place to be searched, and the persons or things to be seized. FISA courts, they don't follow any of these criteria. None. Not probable cause. Not an oath or affirmation, which is the whole due process of the issue. No particular list of things to be searched or persons or things to be seized. No, no particularity whatsoever. I mean, that's the whole deal. So they call it metadata collection. Meta, huge, enormous, ginormous. Metadata collection. And it's not warrant, it's warrantless. They just pretend like there's some paper. It's the same thing that the British government was doing to our American colonists that James Otis Jr. exposed and fought against. James Otis Jr. was the Edward Snowden of his day. And John Adams and Samuel Adams and, and Dr. Warren and, and Patrick Henry, they called him the midwife to liberty. And the NSA says, well, you know, Snowden exposed what we were doing, so there's really no point in doing it that way anymore. Remember, it's not enough to read the headlines. You gotta dig into the articles. And Brian Fung is wrong. They're not getting rid of Section 215. They're just getting rid of the way they collect your data. Make no mistake, they're still going to be collecting your data. 
because Congress says it's lawful and the Supreme Court has said nothing at all and the people don't know any better. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. Look, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to sell you something useless. I'm not trying to give you something to just throw your money away on. There are way too many things out there for you to do that on. I don't you don't need my help with that. But I'm trying to tell you that LibertyFirstUniversity.com is probably the most valuable 20 bucks you could spend a month. And if you have a student in the house, it's 15. $20 a month will give you truth that is priceless to help you overcome, to help you debunk, to help you bring truth to back to your house, back to your home. Back to your lives and your communities. Truth back into politics. That's why we have Liberty First University. Thank you for listening to the show, by the way. This is a piece of that. But being a member at Liberty First University helps us be able to do this. Because we don't get paid like Sean Hannity. We don't get paid like Rush Limbaugh. We don't get paid like these other people but i'll just humbly submit to you i think that we are giving you something that is that is of of greater value and you can partner with us on that and help us stay on the airwaves so reason 539 colton hall will never be in a government school happened in minnesota Ilan Omar, scheduled to speak about diversity at a Minnesota middle school and parents are not allowed to attend. This came to my attention through a tweet by Lara Loomer and uh, a parent apparently put out the notice that Omar, Representative Omar, is making the tour around Minnesota speaking to public school students and not allowing the press or parents to be there. This particular story from Laura Loomer is St. Anthony uh, School School in uh, New Brighton School District in Minnesota. Now, I know it's St. Anthony, but it's not a private school. It's actually a government school. And it says Representative Omar is coming to speak at St. Anthony Village Middle School on Friday. April 26th at 1 p.m. So it already happened. I haven't I haven't realized any, you know, I haven't found any updates on it, but the school said this is an optional event for 6th to 8th graders, 11 to 13 years of age. Probably some 14-year-olds in there too. Colton will be 14 in the 8th grade. And Omar is there to talk about quote diversity. And 
the notice that it went out to the parents said this is an optional event for students and the students will need the parents permission to attend however parents are not allowed to attend with their children and the media is not allowed to be there and there will be police present to make sure that the press and the parents are not allowed in. And apparently this is happening all over Minnesota as she's making this tour. This is actually her district, or, or touring her district, rather. Rule, a uh, reason 339 why Colton will never go to government school. But here's my question. Omar is a public servant. She is paid with public money. How can she use the force of government to keep the public out? Now, I can see not having it open to the entire public because it's a school event. But it does not make any sense legally, logically, constitutionally, that the school should be able to say no parents are allowed and if you try to show up, we have police here to keep you out. That's a problem. That is a big problem for me. And it ought to be a big problem for you. And the parents ought to first now pull their children out of that school completely and second, bring a lawsuit against them right now. God bless. We will see you next time.